This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Come on. So good. You know, Wendy and I had the privilege of going around to each of the Harbor at Home groups, and I'm telling you, every Sunday that we'd be in one of these groups, we would just say, that was incredible. It was really amazing. It's a completely different opportunity for that engagement, as Hugh was talking about, to happen. And really, it's the only space that that can transpire. And so in in a little bit, I'm going to invite our Harbor Home groups up, leaders, to come up. And we're going to honor them as we close out our day today. Because we want to celebrate all that Jesus did over this past year. And then be expectant, come on somebody, for what God wants to do coming into the fall. I believe that the, the, the move of God that the Lord wants to bring, I think in this new season, it has to be founded and rooted in relationship. Can I get an amen? A real relationship. And that, that's going to take intentionality. And that's why people are like, Darren, it's so radical that Harbor from September through May saved the month of December where we give our leaders a break for Christmas, that we're gathering on Sunday mornings in homes especially when we have a building that we could be using. And by the way, there's some exciting news that's coming as it relates to our facilities in the future. Wow, I can't hardly wait to share that with you. But there's just incredible things that God is up to and that he's doing in the context of relationships. So some of you here today, because I know this, we looked at, we had over 207 different adults in Harbor at Home and 75 plus kids in these groups. It was incredible. But the other thing that we noticed is on Sundays, we would still broadcast the platform that we utilize in those groups. And we had over, over 1,200 people that viewed those, 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 those platform uh, broadcasts that went out on Sunday morning. So that means there's a ton of people that are still out there that are watching this, that are intrigued. Maybe they've never even been to the harbor before. I know, I think I've shared this story with you guys before, but there was a, a woman that I met in a whole other state she said, are you a pastor? Yes. And, and, and she went and checked out our website. And then she actually was taking our Harbor at Home platform material and having her own group with a bunch of women in the state of Illinois. Incredible stuff. So, you, I mean, people are hungry for this. They just need something to, to, to say, hey, you can do it. You can make this happen. You know, I think that's where, if you look at the phenomenon of the culture in our day today, now you can be... Uh, a hotel owner by going on the platform of Airbnb, right? You can be a taxi driver by, by signing up for Uber or for Lyft and their platform, right? You can be empowered to actually bring value to other people. You just need something to just kind of help you along the way. And that's, that's really all we're trying to do through that, that, that mechanism. And we're not relying on any programmatic reality. We're really asking God, would you meet with us in some of these groups? And there, there were incredible times. I have incredible, incredible memories and thankfulness for all of our leaders, which we're going to honor at the end today. And maybe the Lord's like stirring you because I believe God's raising up people that carry his pastoral heart for other people. Just quickly, you know, the three things that we're just trying to see manifest in every single person in this community is for them to know God. Did you know that's possible? That you can really know God, have a relationship with the Lord. So we talk about that 
all the time, how that's, that's only accessed through the intimacy that he's given us, the identity that he's called us to walk in, the integrity of the nature of Jesus that will manifest through our lives, right? But when you know God, the fruit of that, 100%, there's no other way around this, is that you will truly have a heart for people and you will want to love people, right? And so that's expressed first and foremost in our Harbor at Home groups. And last Sunday, it was incredible because I was able to rotate around as well. On a fifth Sunday, another radical move by Harbor, we said, hey, on the fifth Sundays from September through May, which happens three times a year, we're going to not gather in a building. We're not even going to gather in homes. We're going to take this thing out to the, to the community and give this love away. Again, not programmatic, but we're just trying to build culture in our heart. Like, hey, it matters that there's people. And I went and, and uh, Julio's group was down in downtown Fort Lauderdale. There was a church happening on the streets with some of the most poor and broken people. And I just sat there and I was like, this is so beautiful to be outside the four walls of, of the Darren me world and just put myself in the lives of others that really need to be loved on today. It was incredible. So we're taking steps, we're taking movement, and so it is, it is a privilege, guys, to run with you in this way. You know, this week, um, I had the honor uh, to attend a funeral of the brother of one of our members, and he actually uh, was used by God in a very powerful way to, 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 to communicate the love of God to, to this group, but he was a, a fallen firefighter, and I was astonished. I was encouraged and overwhelmed by the culture within the firefighter community. How they loved, how they honored, how they supported. Even one of the chiefs got up and he said, hey, even though your husband is no longer working, you're always family. It's not about what you do, it's who you are, right? That's so many kingdom principles. And I was just thinking, I was, I was first of all, touched by what I was able to experience but then I came away with this, this kind of thing inside of me that was like, why couldn't the church be like that? We should be the, the, the tightest knit community. We should be the closest in each other's lives, right? And this is where we have to go into the, the future that we're heading into. This is the only way. In fact, if you look at the birth of the church... It was in troubled times, right? But yet they were able to thrive because they were doing it together. And when someone had a need, someone had provision to help with that need, right? And we see the movement, and then the church begins to fly and get established to where it literally touches the entire known planet at the time. We need relationship with each other where we truly love one another, so today, here's what we're going to do. Just for a couple of minutes, we're concluding our countercultural series. How many of you know we live according to another culture? Come on, right? But we're going to move into what we're calling a brave series. Again, inspired by the firefighter concept. How many of you know that we are firefighters, right? We are called to, to rescue people's lives. We're called to put our lives on the line for other people. And that's going to take bravery. How many of you know, wouldn't it be amazing if we all walked in fearlessness? 
where perfect love has encountered our hearts in such a way where we're not intimidated, we're not afraid to go out there and really give our lives for other people. So we're going to move into a brave series over the summer. And I'm telling you, every week, as Julie said, we're going to be gathering here. It's going to be an amazing time. Big, huge living room, tons of family kind of feel like we're doing here today. And, and really, we want you to walk away inspired. How many of you know this is a summertime of, of refinement, right? Where we're going to get renewed. Come on, somebody. We've been through enough, right? We've been through all the times. We, we could sit there and wallow in that. There, there's reality to what we have walked through, what we are walking through. But at the same time, how many of you know Holy Spirit's here to, to get us ignited in hope and in love and in faith for what he wants to do? Come on, somebody. Say amen, please, with me. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to close out our counterculture service today, a series today, with a message I've titled Seven Sundays. And the Lord just showed me some things that I, I one thing in particular I'd never seen before. And I want to just open up by reading 1 John. We're only going to look at one scripture, and then I'm going to close out with one little other scripture at the end today. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. And let me just read this to you, and then we will dive in here this morning. He's writing, he says, no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. Or in other words, he says, no one has ever actually really seen God. And we're going to bring some context to that in just a minute. But look what he says after this. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent, could you say that word with me? permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him. Now, this is profound. And his love, then, is brought to full expression in us. So if God is love, and then his love now, because of us loving one another, coming together, full expression of who he is is in our lives, then what's happening? We, you, every single person in this room, watching online, listening to this message later, will be individuals that are putting the display of God on for the world through your very life. You know, today is... Spencer mentioned this at the beginning is Pentecost Sunday in the liturgical calendar. It's the, the time of year where the church remembers, and I think it's important for us to rehearse and to remember, the gift of Holy Spirit to the church. You know, the Father was a whole new concept that Jesus introduced. You know, there was a lot of religion that people were exposed to in the, in, in the nature of, of what was being taught and how they had kind of, kind of, you know, kind of progressed in this kind of negative way as it related to the things of the Lord. And, and Jesus was like, hey, there's a father that wants to be connected to you. And how that's going to be done is through me, Jesus was saying, through my sacrifice, through my gift. And you're going to have this connection through Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given, and it happened 50 days or seven Sundays after his crucifixion. Christ in us. I was watching uh, 
a series on Netflix. I don't know why I'm, I'm getting touched by Jesus and series is on Netflix. Can I get a minute? But I'm not going to tell you what the series was, <laughs> the name of it. There was a lot of language in it, but it was just real life, you know, it was real life. So I, I, I was like, Holy Spirit, help the, the language just not be heard. Don't, you know, none of my kids walk in. But it was, it was on um, these JUCO colleges. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's a junior college. It's a place where someone only goes to school for two years. Another word for it would, would be community colleges. And they picked the three top JUCO colleges in the nation that had the best football programs in the country. And I knew about these JUCO colleges on some level, but man, I was taken right into the, the midst, the abyss of like what, is, what this whole thing is really all about. And basically the gist is, is that for those who don't really make it out of high school in Division I usually, bad grades, they get into trouble, um, they just, they're just not performing at the level that they, that they could have or should have been. They, they downgrade them, in, in essence, to a JUCO college. And for six months, sometimes a year, not very often two years, they, they have a last chance to somehow develop into their potential. And there's incredible talent. Like, if you watch the, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea the quality of football that goes on in, in these JUCO uh, community colleges that are in rural communities. One of them was located in Scuba, Mississippi. I was like, where in the world is Scooby-Doo, Mississippi, right? I mean, no one, I mean, like a few hundred people in this town, and then there's, boom, this number one uh, college program in the nation that has some of the best football players in the country. Incredible. But the, the problem is, is that though everybody's longing for family, because you see this played out in this series, no one's really there to stay for a long time. They're really about themselves. They're, they're about their career, you know, and, and, and not just you see the tension. Now, when, when they're winning, man, everybody's happy. It's all good. But when they're losing, the wheels come off and the team begins to turn on each other. This brings me a flashback to a Harbor volleyball tournament that we had like five years ago. And we assembled all these teams and then we put together the Davis family volleyball team. It was myself, it was my son Jesse, it was Savannah, it was her soon-to-be husband Juan, and it was our youngest Luke. And we were doing awesome. In fact, we thought we were going to win the whole thing. And then we had like, you know, some of those, 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 those moments as we all do in competition where, you know, it just wasn't going like we had hoped and we started to lose. And then what happened is we started to turn on each other. <laughs> we started to blame each other. In fact, Luke looked at me, he's like, dad, it's your fault that we're losing this game. I'm like, son, I'm going to kill you. Come here. <laughs> but this is what happens in these these places where when it feels like we're losing, 
that we turn inward. And we make, and, and in fact, at that point, as I was watching this documentary, they, they don't really care if they win or lose. They just want time, you know, on the field so they can get filmed, so that a college can look. That's, that's all they really care about. And, and, the, and the talent and the beauty of the team, it just, it just is unable to produce what it was designed to produce together. Everybody say together. But if you look at the church, which is a countercultural reality, it thrived in the midst of problems. 2020 didn't, I'm going to be, uh, what's, uh, what's the one actor that, um, he says, he says, uh, I'll say it like this, 2020 ain't got nothing on the early church. Nothing. And the early church thrived in the midst of problems. How did we do? No shame or condemnation. No one raising their hand. No one pointing any fingers. But how did we do in the midst of challenges? The church was built to thrive in the midst of problems. But it's where we come together. How many of you know that Jesus was like a JUCO coach of a rabbi training program? Talented people, but they were also misfits. They weren't the ones that the big-time rabbis wanted. They weren't invited by the superstar rabbis of the day to have their yoke of the rabbi given to them. In other words, an invitation. They weren't hired. They were overlooked. And Jesus was like, there's something beautiful in you. There's something special in you. And they were a ragtag bunch. And man, you know, if you, if you just kind of rehearse this with me, think about the momentum that they started out with. It was like they had the national championship right out of the gates. I mean, they had 5,000 men gathering just where there was this feeding, feeding of these men, not including the numbers of women, children. I mean, crowds were following them by the multitudes, right? But Jesus, over the problems and stuff, things started to get whittled down, right? And then he would like, hey, are you going to leave me too? And then finally, there was some revelation that started to stick. And they're like, where else are we going to go? That you're the only one that has the words of eternal life. Like, this isn't about all of the success. It's about you, Jesus. It's about what you have to give us. And we see the value. Like, when Jesus is asking them, hey, all these people have all these things to say about me. Who do you say that I am? At the end of the day, we've got to know who Jesus is and what his real value is. We can't get that from somebody else. You can't come in on a Sunday morning and be like, man, I'm going to live off of Darren's faith. I'm going to live off of Julie's zeal. I'm going to live off of Kenil's beautiful song that he just wrote. No, at the end of the day, you have to come to the understanding of who Jesus is and his value so that when the going gets tough, you're not exiting out because there's a problem that's coming against your life. He said, listen, problems are going to come, but take heart. Ooh, come on. I have overcome the world. He knew where this thing was going. He was eventually apprehended. He was beaten, almost unrecognizable. He was put to death. And then the disciples, disciples are, they're scattered, right? They're isolated. 
isolated in a moment when they needed to be together. Jesus' death, Jesus' burial, his resurrection. But here's where things get good. Then he started to appear to them for a total of 40 days after he was crucified. We don't actually even know the depths of what was spoken to these believers by Jesus in that time. In fact, there's one verse that gives us a little clue. It says that if the things that he taught them were written, there's no library in the world that would be able to hold all the books that it would take to record the things that he said. Church. God shares his secrets with his friends. It's it's the kings of the earth that want to search out these things. That are like, God, you're the only one that's going to get me through tomorrow. You're the only one that's going to get me through the problems that await my future. and, And we begin to go there with the Lord. But here's what's crazy. 40 days of this. A mountaintop experience, but then Jesus didn't just kind of camp there. He tells them, I've got to go away. In fact, it's better for you if I go away. Can you imagine the kind of the, you ever felt like that? Like you're having moments with the Lord and then it kind of feels like he distances a little bit or that's how it appears. And then you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to make it? He's like, no, listen, I've got to go away because I'm going to send a helper to you. And there was a 10-day time period. I'm wrapping this up. There was a 10-day time period where something happens. I I want to challenge you to look into the Word and say, what took place in those 10 days that shifted everything? Where they were afraid, they were terrified, they were isolated, they were, you you know, all the emotions that you could fill in the blanks there with. But here's what we need to understand. It was at the end of that 10-day period that the coronation actually takes place, where Jesus is crowned king over not only the heavens, this is really important for you to understand, but over the earth. So when we talk about transformed people, transforming culture, we really mean that because Jesus is not just Lord or King over the heavens. He's King over the earth as well, wanting to work in and through us to bring his culture to a broken culture called the world. Are you tracking with me? He's crowned King, and then he is seated, he takes a posture of rest. Think about that for a minute. Where would be the rest for our souls if we knew the coronation, actually the reality of it that was on us as well? That the victory, come on church, has already been won. Canil, if you come up.
Because here's the deal. At his coronation, because why did it, why 10 days? Why was it 10 days? What was the, what was the, the reason for this penta cost, this 50 day time period that for whatever reason in, in this last 10 day time frame, something shifted? Well, what we do know is these scattered ones were simultaneously meeting in an upper room. One of my old mentors told me that when Jesus was officially coronated king, that's the moment when heaven came to earth through Holy Spirit. Simultaneously at the moment when believers were together in a room. Three quick things that stood out to me because I'm wondering what happened. What happened, Lord? First of all, we know that they put their trust in the instructions of Jesus. Did you guys see that thing the other other week where this little plane, a commercial plane, but it was a smaller plane, was flying and the the pilot passes out? It was only a one-manned... operated aircraft and he passes out in the middle of the flight did you guys see that and then this dude that's never flown before I'm a pilot it is not easy to land a plane it's actually the hardest thing to do in aviation that's never flown before lands this plane and saves all the people on the plane but what they really didn't say a whole lot about is it was the voice of the controller guiding that guy through the radio system the entire time that helped him get out of harm's way. What voices are we going to listen to? CNN, Fox, the local newspapers, or are we going to listen to the voice of God telling us what he's wanting us to do in this moment in human history? You may not even see the voice. You may not even know where the voice is coming from, but there is a voice coming to you in this moment if you would close off your ears to all those other sources that are trying to drown it out and that you would open up your heart to the voice of God and you would obey his instructions. And I'm not talking about religious do's and don'ts. I'm just talking about, God, you said it, I hear it, I'm going to do it and see what happens. Come on, somebody. Number two, they put their focus on the things that were important for them to know. Do you remember they asked him, Lord, when are you going to fix all this mess? When are we going to be set into our kingdom? He's like, hey, it's not time for you to know those things. Be obedient. Focus on me. And lastly, they simply came together. If I could have all of the Harbor at Home leaders and assistants and people that helped out with hosting come up and just stand across the front here. Just kind of evenly spread across the front. We're going to pray over them and thank God for their lives. Because of these friends. Listen, do you understand what we're doing at Harbor? Like, 
These groups don't happen unless people say yes. Do you know how scary that is for religious leaders <laughs> that are trying to build a castle within the kingdom? Like, Lord, unless you do this, this ain't gonna happen. It's not like we can open the doors and have a Sunday morning service in, in terms of Harbor Home. It's completely different. So as we close this out, I wanna, I wanna ask you this. What were the implications of them obeying and putting their trust in the sayings of Jesus, focusing on what was really important and then coming together? The, the implications of this were simply this. The world, according to 1 John chapter 4, 12, they had never seen the splendor of God. They had never seen God in people before. Hey guys, listen. One of the most sobering things I feel right now over my own life is that I may be the only Jesus, if you will, that some people ever see. Christ in me. I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But I carry him. You carry him. And if we love one another, then God makes his permanent home in us. No one had yet experienced the stability of the kingdom. Come on, some of you in this room right now, you feel all over the place. The kingdom of God will be the only thing that will give you stability. And that only can happen in the context of family. Where people that carry Jesus for real are present and gathering together. Here, we, you know, we could have people that don't even know the Lord that just came in off the street. That's fine. But in a, in a harbor home, we're trying to really cultivate the stability of the kingdom. And then his love will be brought to full expression in us or will be made perfect in us. Could you extend your hands to these friends? Lord, thank you that love that is patient, is kind, and is gentle dwells in these friends. Thank you that love in them refuses to be jealous, that love does not inflate one's own importance, that love does not traffic shame and disrespect, that love does not seek its own honor in these friends, that love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense, and that love in them finds no delight in what is wrong. But instead, we honor these friends because because they are a safe place, which is the expression of your love. They never stop believing the best in each other. They never give up, and they never stop loving. Can we give the Lord a huge hand clap for these friends as we close out today? We honor you guys. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. So good. We honor you. We honor you. We thank God for your lives. There's something for real, legit, opening up a home, opening up a heart to love on people. It's not easy. There's lots of criticism, but they did that well. Would you stand with me as we close today? You guys are amazing, amazing. Oh, my goodness. Quickly, put your hand over your heart. Lord, would you do something beyond any of our imaginations this summer?
Would you get us ready for what you're up to, what you want to give birth to even in the fall? What an exciting time to be alive. We were made for this moment. You have all the people on the playing field that you want to have on the playing field. Bring us together. Let us listen to our coach. Let us focus on what matters and let us be unified in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you back here next week. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.